0: Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger.
1: We welcome you into another edition of State Lines. Gobble gobble! Happy Turkey Day to everybody out there. He's Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. We hope your Thanksgiving day was wonderful. We hope your Thanksgiving weekend will live up to expectations. Obviously, this is a huge week football-wise for the weekend, the NFL games also. You got the college football slate, a lot of rivalry games this weekend in college football. We'll talk about some of those also. Get to some of our proposition, bet it or drink it. Going to do a little bit different with the bet it or drink it on this program, but we'll get to that as it comes. Also, the Toilet Bowl game of the week. And I got to come clean. I've had a great year with the best bets, but... Went 1-2 and uh, this past week in the NFL. Did hit with the Vikings over the Packers, plus the points. Missed with the Saints at the Eagles. Missed with the Browns. They did not cover against the lowly Lions. So my best bets this year are now 24-15 and against the spread. Still very respectable. Very proud of that. Uh, Nearly 60% winners when you break that down. So we'll try and get back. Actually, over 60% winners when you break that down. So we'll try and get back in the winning column once again. But before we do that, Kev... Obviously, the Chicago Bears have not had the season uh, that they were hoping to. So, let's just get an overview picture where the Bears are at here with just a few games left. Obviously, some ugly losses. Things have not gone the way for uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace as they would have wanted it to happen this season. So, let's get into that right now. Give me your thoughts on the Bears, where they go from here, and where the future lies. Well,
2: Jason, I mean, this this past weekend um, against the... Against the Ravens is probably the final straw For most people um, I was dismissive Of them several weeks ago As most uh, listeners to State lines have probably already gathered But I mean this 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 was bad um, They went up against a backup quarterback The offense couldn't move the football The defense didn't step up Oh yes they have injured people Blame Oh Max out for the season Akeem Hicks wasn't playing Allen Robinson wasn't playing Unfortunately everyone and Jason the fact of the matter is the NFL is it's the next man up. And not only do the Bears are they outclassed in terms of talent. They're outclassed before they even get on the football field, Jason. They're outclassed in the meeting rooms, they're outclassed on the practice fields, they're outclassed in the draft room. That this this franchise is just pure and undoubtedly outclassed compared to the vast majority of the NFL their decision makers it seems like continuously make the wrong decisions they say one thing and do another thing Uh, Matt Nagy and his staff I think especially this past week Jason throughout this entire season probably even the last two to three seasons it has shown this coaching staff is completely outclassed the Bears do not look ready to play they haven't looked honestly really ready to play in a single game This entire season the the, I guess the only exception you could possibly make was uh, their game against the lions where, I mean, they handled that game pretty well and apparently the game against the Raiders the following week. But other than that, this team has looked unprepared. They don't look like a professional football team They're They lack discipline. They lack focus. They lack execution. And they honestly just lack talent. So as far as I'm concerned, the future holds, if it was up to me, they would fire Matt Nagy now. But we all know this, the Chicago Bears, they've never fired a coach midseason in franchise history. They're not going to start now. So I fully anticipate him being gone. And there are some reports that it seems like Ryan Pace is trying to distance himself from Matt Nagy. Yeah, well, he better try because that's the only chance that he ha- that he should have to keep his job. Because if, if Matt Nagy goes, Ryan Pace should be gone. The Bears should be cleaning house from the top all the way down. I'm talking about Ted Phillips. I'm talking about Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, his staff, the trainers, the um, yeah, the athletic training staff, the strength and conditioning staff, the ball boys, the guys that do the chains for them, Jason. Everybody, everybody needs to go.
1: So Kevin Berger says, clean house with the Chicago Bears. And honestly, Kev, I don't know who can argue with that at this point when you think about where the Bears are at. Look, there's no doubt Matt Nagy needs to be gone. He's an offensive coach who can't even call the plays because he doesn't do a very good job with it. He's handed that off to Bill Lazor on and off over the last couple of years. Uh, The development of Justin Fields with Matt Nagy, I, I really question if that's going to happen the way Bears fans hope. Ryan Pace is the guy who likes to trade a lot of draft picks to get Uh, move up in the draft and maybe it'll work out with Fields, but didn't work out with Mitchell Trubisky. He's made some other moves that certainly have been head scratchers and his drafts have left a lot to be desired. So he's certainly responsible for this. Uh, So both those guys, I think there's doubt they should be held accountable when this season's over. But the big question that I have is, you know, we seem to do this every three or four years with the Bears. They did it with Mark Tressman after a couple of years. They did it with John Fox. Now they're going to do it with Matt Nagy. They can't get the hire right. That, that's the issue. They, they make these hires, and then three or four years later, we're right back here at square one with the exception, really, since Mike Ditka was gone. I mean, Lovey Smith did a good job overall, but that's been it in the last, you know, uh, generation and a half, so to speak. So the Bears, a lot more questions than answers, and my question starts with, the next hire. How, why would we have any confidence in that being a good one when they have made so many bad ones in recent years? But maybe they'll get it right. Maybe finally they'll they'll you know maybe strike lightning in a bottle, so to speak, catch lightning in a bottle. And they'll actually get that higher right. And they better hope so, because if you're going to develop Justin Fields, you better have the right guy coaching that team and the right guy picking the players around him so Fields can develop to his fullest potential. But let's look at some of the slate here this week, Kev, in the NFL, the Sunday and Monday games on Thanksgiving weekend. And really, we turned the page into the following week with the Monday nighter between the Seahawks and Washington football team. But let's talk about a good game in the AFC North. The Bengals will be hosting the Steelers. Bengals are a four and a half point favorite here, minus 210 on the money line. The Steelers come back plus 175. Totals 46 noon kickoff. Bengals, I know you called it on last week's show. They had an impressive victory in Las Vegas uh, last week. Well, the Steelers had a great comeback in LA against the Chargers, but they fell short. And the Bengals did take the first meeting between these two teams in Pittsburgh earlier this season.
2: Yeah, Jason. Um, yeah, I actually went two and one last week. Thanks in no small part to Cincinnati who they were one of my two wins last week, but I am going to, I'm going to roll with them again. Um, Cincinnati basically since they play the bears, Jason, and somehow they actually managed to lose. Um, I think they've gotten better pretty much every single week. Pittsburgh has stayed the exact same, if not gotten worse. Um, I think four and a half, that's a pretty decent, um, Number there for the total because at AFC North games, they're always they always end up being very close and highly competitive. So let me take Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the boys from Cincy, uh, minus four and a half in that one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to join you here. Look, this is one where the Steelers have dominated this series for a long, long time, but I think the Bengals are the better football team right now. And they really impressed me with that win in Las Vegas coming off the bye week. You know, that's a game in Bengals history they usually lose, but uh zach taylor's done a good job here joe burrow's a frontline quarterback he's proven that i'm going to join kevin and take the bengals as well as we roll along here on state lines here's another one for you kev this is a good one this might be the marquee game of the week in the nfl uh the packers and the rams up at lambeau field packers are a one point favorite here uh total in this game is a 49 325 kickoff for the packers and the rams how do you see uh, this game playing out obviously green bay coming off that loss last week to the Vikings, but the Rams have had their struggles in recent weeks, too, as they're off a bye for this game.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Jason, they've they've probably had one of the biggest falling offs in the last four or five weeks. I mean, in the early part of the season, we were all sitting here thinking that the Rams were going to be rolling, running the table for the vast majority across the NFL, and they've actually looked vulnerable despite all the talent that they've managed to collect. Um. Apparently now Odell Beckham Jr. has already asked for a trade already, which I mean, who knows <laughs> if that's true or not, but I digress Um. the fact of the matter is though, Jason, is that, I mean, this is a, this is a game that Matt Stafford has seen how many times before him versus Aaron Rodgers. The only difference is he has more talent on his side this time around. But with that being said, it's going to make absolutely no difference at all because he's going up against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Let me take let me take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, minus one, minus the 115 on the
1: road. All right, Kevin locked in with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in that contest. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I think the Rams are going to find a way to get this done. Give me the Rams, the one point. Although it does scare me a little bit, Matthew Stafford going to Green Bay. We saw him struggle a lot of years when he was a member of the Lions in Lambeau against the Packers. But, again, better team around him here now, the Rams. He doesn't have the Lions around him. We know uh, it takes a lot for the Lions to win a game in Lambeau. They've only won it a couple times there uh, in the last third. Drink it segment. And, again, we're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend holiday. So let's start it off with this. Kev, most regular season wins in the NFL. You look at some of the odds on this. Uh, the Cardinals are plus two hundred. Packers are plus five hundred. Along with the Titans, Bucks are plus five fifty. Uh, Cowboys plus uh, seven hundred. Then we got a bunch of longer shots in there. Want to take a shot at this one? Maybe put some money down, or is this one you're going to pass on? Um.
2: Oh. Um. Honestly, Jason, I don't really see a ton that looks great here. I mean, Tampa Bay at +550 looks nice. Even Green Bay at +500 actually looks pretty good too. But um, I mean, even the Cardinals as the front runners +200, that's still uh, that's still pretty decent. But in terms of the long shots, no. So, you know what? If I'm going to bet this one, I will take
1: uh I'll take Green Bay +500. All right, Kevin on Green Bay plus 500. I'm going to take the Titans plus 500. I know they had an ugly, ugly game last time out, losing it home to the lowly Texans. Nobody saw that one coming, but I, I just think they got their clunker out of the way and playing the AFC South should give them a little bit of an edge. Plus I like the odds there with a plus 500. So I'll throw a little bit on the Titans to have the most regular season wins. Here's a fun one for us, Kev. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. You look at some of the names on this list. And I know you got it on your screen. Uh, Micah Parsons from the Cowboys is an overwhelming favorite here. He's got, I believe, eight sacks already this season. But Patrick Sertain, the second, is also on the list. Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, any thoughts here? Defensive Rookie of the Year. You want to put some money down or maybe take a pass on this one?
2: defensive rookie of the year um actually oh i was gonna say jason i mean i think the front runner is probably going to be the one who's going to win micah parsons minus 400 obviously that's not nearly good enough for me um honestly i would probably i'm probably just gonna pass this one jason because i mean i like patrick certain the second i love asante samuel jr but in terms of actually getting odds to win rookie, of the defensive rookie of the year, I just, I don't I don't see them being able to outshine Micah Parsons for how for what he's been able to do for that Dallas uh, defense.
1: Yeah, I agree with you here. The odds aren't good enough for me to do this. I mean, I don't want to put $400 down to win an additional 100 What if Parsons gets hurt? So I'm going to pass too. Plus the other long shot candidates, I only think they get in the picture here and maybe win the thing is if Parsons gets hurt. So uh, let's not go there let's not think that way and let's not want to put that much money on the line for this bet so I will pass as well this is state lines he's Kevin Berger I am Jason Gosh. when we come back more NFL games to discuss also we'll talk about some more postseason awards odds get to the toilet bowl game of the week got some college football odds coming up for you later in the show plus our best bets all that and more coming up as we progress here on state lines
0: don't go anywhere more sports gambling talk coming up on state lines
3: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to
4: the Internet lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of lifeline service lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable limited to one discount per household at&t services including lifeline are not available in all areas other restrictions apply
0: and now back to state lines with jason gotch and kevin berger
1: we welcome you back to State Lines. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody out there. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Let's look at the Thanksgiving game weekend slate for the games in the NFL. We'll go into that more extensively here on this segment, Kevin. And we'll start it off with this one. The Titans are at the Patriots. The Titans are plus 5.5, plus 185. Pat's on the money line, minus 225. Your total's 44 and a half in Foxborough. This is a noon kickoff Central time. Well, the Titans have eight wins on the year, but they had an ugly loss to the Texans uh, at home this past week. Well, the Patriots quietly, pretty impressive. Already seven wins on the season. They seem to be a play on team right now.
2: Yeah, Jason, uh, I would definitely agree. And also the big thing, too, is that Tennessee, they're not the same without Derrick Henry. And we don't know how long it's going to be until he gets back. And as we've talked about, Jason, a couple of times, Mac Jones has looked better and better every single game that the Patriots have played this year. He's getting a little bit better every week. And him being at home, I think that's going to be a big time help for him, Bill Belichick and company. So let me take the Patriots in this one minus 110. I know the the Titans look pretty good on the money line plus 185 on the return. I'm still going to stick with the Patriots
1: here, minus five and a half. All right, Kevin's on the Patriots. I think the Titans bounce back here. I think this is a good spot for them. I'm not sure if they win this one, but I do like them to cover the five and a half. Uh, So I think Ryan Tannehill played his worst game of the season this past week. Give me the Titans to bounce back to cover, not necessarily win at the Patriots on Sunday. Let's move ahead to the Texans and the Jets. This is an interesting game because both these teams are absolutely terrible this season. But as I said a moment ago, the Texans pulled a stunning upset of the Titans in Nashville this past weekend. So both these teams now, thanks to that victory by the the Texans, are now both two and eight on the year. As the Texans snapped that two game or rather eight game losing streak with their second win, the Texans now minus two and a half against the Jets at home minus 140 on the money line the visiting jets return plus 120 here kev totals 44 noon kickoff down at houston i mean this is this could have been a toilet bowl game of the week but i didn't want to give it to the texans after that nice victory over the titans so what do you think about what should be at the very least an ugly game down in houston
2: i'll oh, say so yeah jason we got we gotta give them a little bit of a break after they did something nobody expected them to do but um, in terms of this game, oh, God, this this is a rough one. Uh, the line two and a half. I mean, that, yeah, I, I think it'll probably be a one possession game, a field goal type game. Let me take the Texans, Jason, because I think they'll be they have a lot of momentum coming in this week after that stunning upset against Tennessee. And they are at home. So the home dog where I'm always going to err on the side of that when push comes to shove. Um, Nothing really excites me about the Jets very much. I mean, they have Joe. I mean, they have they're rolling Joe Flacco out of the retirement home right now to suit up and play quarterback. So, uh, yeah, let me
1: take uh, Houston minus two and a half. Okay, Kev's on the Texans minus the two and a half. And as he said, Joe Flacco didn't change things at all last week for the Jets. They went with Flacco at quarterback. Kind of a puzzling move here because Joe Flacco is certainly not the future of the new york jets they didn't want to play uh, mike white who had been struggling in recent weeks uh in their most recent loss but i'm gonna go ahead and run with the jets here i think this might be a letdown spot for the texans when they basically won their super bowl at the titans against the division rival last week so let me say the jets find a way to win an ugly game give me those plus two and a half with the new york jets 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 jets, jets. this is a good game we got next on the slate here kev the buccaneers are minus two and a half, minus 140 at the the resurgent Colts who just dismantled the Bills in Buffalo this past week. I believe the score in that game was 44 to 15, just an absolute blowout by the Colts. I don't think anybody saw that coming, and those who thought the Bills might go to the Super Bowl, me included, I think we're shaking our heads a little bit right now after that game. The Colts returned plus 120 on the money line, total 51 in this contest, noon kickoff down in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium for the Buccaneers and the Colts. Yeah, Jason. I mean that the Bills are a whole different conversation. We're obviously not
2: going to get into right now. But I suspect that team is not nearly as good as some people made them out to be. Um, but uh, back on the task at hand, yeah, the Colts—they played very, very well. Uh, I think Tom Brady and company—they're going to be—they're uh, going to come in ready to play in this one. You know, he always—he's—he—he's he, he's at Tom Brady's had quite the history of playing in Lucas Oil Stadium. Let's let's just say that much. Only he was wearing a different color of jersey. Um, I suspect this game is going to be close, Jason. The Colts have gotten healthy, and they've gotten a hell of a lot better as this season's gone on. Um, but I think Tampa Bay is just going to be a little bit too much in uh, this particular football game. So let me take the Bucks minus the two and a half. But, I mean, this game is definitely going to be close. So, I mean, if you even wanted to take the Colts to cover this one, I would not be surprised.
1: I am going to go ahead and actually join you here, though, and take the Buccaneers, Kev. I agree with you. I think this is, look, this is when the Bucs are going to start to turn things on. They're defending Super Bowl champs. Colts got a great win. They might be thinking about that one a little bit as they enter this game. That went over the Bills. And Tom Brady knows playing the Colts well, obviously, all those years with the New England Patriots. He should not have a problem Going into Lucas Oil Stadium and playing what is normally a pretty tough environment when they, that thing gets pretty loud, so I, I think the Buccaneers will find a way to get it done. Give me the Buccaneers minus the two and a half. Uh, AFC North showdown here: the Ravens and the Browns. Next on the card for you. This is the Sunday Nighter, 7:20 Central Time kickoff. And let's go over the, the standings in the AFC when you look at it right now. The Ravens are 7-3 and three after that miracle win over the Bears. Bengals at 6-4. and four, Steelers at 5-4-1. And, and the Browns are at 6-5. and five. So every one of these teams over 500. Every one of these teams still in the mix for the division title. And obviously a playoff spot with three wild cards in each conference uh, going forward starting this year. But let's go ahead and take a look at the matchup here with the Browns plus 4.5, plus 170. Ravens minus 200 on the money line. Total 46.5. Baker Mayfield and company you on them here. Do you think the Ravens do it at home? Oh, Jason, I, as long as Lamar Jackson
2: is going to be healthy for next week, which I mean, let's hope that he, you know, is healthy and stuff like that. Cause I mean, they even said yesterday on the pregame broadcast that it's not, they said it's not COVID-19. They said it's not the flu that he has. They have no idea what it is. So let's, let's hope that he gets better first and foremost. But assuming that he is, um, I am definitely going to take the Ravens in this one minus the four, Jason. The the Cleveland Browns—they've just been—it's just a collection of talent that hasn't done, that they haven't done anything with. Baker Mayfield can't stay healthy. OBJ is gone. Jarvis Landry's by himself. Devin and Joku—I'm amazed hasn't gotten hurt yet because this is usually about the time he does. I know they just got uh, uh, Chubb back, but he has to work his way back into the mix. Honestly, I'm really
1: not that impressed with Cleveland, so let me take Baltimore minus four at home. All right. Kevin locked in with Baltimore. I'm not that impressed with the Browns either, but I'm going to roll with them here in this game. I'm going to take Cleveland plus the points. We don't know about Lamar Jackson, as Kev said. Hopefully he does play. And you got to think with a week after that Bear game to rest that maybe he will be able to get uh, whatever bug he's fighting out of his system. But let's go ahead and take the Browns here. This is a game they need to have. Ravens have been shaky in recent weeks, even though they found a way to win games. But I do think the Browns are going to at least cover this contest. So I'll take Mayfield and company uh, plus the points against the Ravens. Couple better drinkets for us here, Kev, before we clear out to our next segment with lots to do, including some college football odds as well. But let's look at the NFL MVP award before we move any further, because now you start to look, is this a place where there is some money to be made on the odds? And I, I know you have the odds in front of you. There's a ton of players here listed. Tom Brady's the favorite at plus three fifty. Josh Allen's plus 600 Stafford Prescott and Rogers are all plus a thousand then Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are all plus 1200 plus then there's a ton of other players on here. Anything standing out for you Kevin with the NFL MVP award? Well, uh, Jason, a couple of
2: things. Number one, I can't believe Josh Allen is actually at plus 600 right now because, uh, the way the bills have been playing this season, um, I just don't see that happening. If you asked me uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, who should be the MVP? I I honestly would have made an argument for Matt Stafford. Uh, I still think he's actually done pretty solid. I think there's been some things that are out of his control. Of course, Aaron Rodgers at plus a thousand. Dak has played very, very well. So I could see it going to him. Kyler Murray though, right now for me, Jason is probably to me the biggest front runner right now because of how great he's played. And how good Arizona's been but in terms of like a reach like a really big reach one Jason one that I would like to point people to is sitting at plus 2,000 right now and I know you're you I know you know with the odds in front of you who I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor Jason has been an absolute monster in the last basically month and a half he, the last six eight weeks he, the, the only running back I think that's been more dominant than him has been Derrick Henry, and I mean he he's been running rough shot all over the NFL catching passes out of the backfield running up the gut running outside breaking tackles, so um if you if you have a couple bucks to throw down and you're not afraid to uh, lose it but you have big odds I
1: would look at Jonathan Taylor right now plus two thousand. All right, good pick there by Kev. I like it. Long shot play at Jonathan Taylor, but he has played some great football. I'm going to go with the guy you were talking about right before Jonathan Taylor, Kevin. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I like those odds at plus 1,200. You're getting 12 to 1, put a little bit down. Even you're putting 20 bucks there, you win an additional 240. Why not? His team easily could have the most wins in the NFL or NFC when all is said and done, and he's the most dynamic player, obviously, on that roster and one of the most dynamic in the NFL. So why not take a little bit longer shot here than Tom Brady or even going with somebody like Aaron Rodgers or Prescott or Stafford. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray uh, plus at plus 1,200. Now, next up, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And this one is very interesting as well for the entire National Football League, not for an individual conference here. We pull up the odds on this. Mac Jones is the favorite at minus 105. Uh, Jamar chase is plus plus one twenty-five. Najee Harris is plus 1200. Everybody else is plus 5,000 or greater. So really this looks like a three person race, really likely a two, two man race between Jones and Jamar chase. So who you got here? If you want to play this one, Kevin, um, Jason, honestly, I know it's
2: probably going to end up being Mac Jones, but if you seriously ask me who it should be, Jason, I really think it should be Jamar chase. I mean, basically since day one, he he came in and he he has been a difference maker for Cincinnati every single week. He's gotten better every single week, and he has all the tools. He's you know he's at six foot two, six three. He's I I know he's at least pushing two two 215, and uh, the kid can fly. He has great hands. He runs great routes, and uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow loves him. So I would take Jamar Chase plus one twenty-five. Just one thing I wanted to point out, Jason. How strange is it that Trey Lance is plus six thousand when I, when Trey Lance I don't think has started a, has only started maybe <laughs> one game
1: this entire season. it's even crazier because justin fields is plus plus six thousand. he's played so many games for the bears who knows if he turns it on the final few weeks but yeah i'm with you kevin actually i'm with you on your analysis on this too i'm gonna go with mac jones because i think the quarterback is destined to win here even though we've had a lot of wide receivers and running backs win this over the years but i think chase has had the most impact remember in the preseason they were talking he couldn't catch anything now he catches everything he's he's what aj green was for the bengals 10 years ago when they drafted him And he's really a big reason why that Joe Burrow has had a really good year overall, but I'm going to take Mac Jones here, minus the one Oh five. We continue on state lines, a little college football talk, some NFL talk and some postseason award odds as well. And win totals. We'll talk about that right after this.
0: We'll be right back on state lines.
3: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet.
4: Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. at and services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply.
0: And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger.
1: We welcome you back to State Lines. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We hope your Thanksgiving feast was fun and the company was outstanding as well. Let's go ahead and take a look now at some of the games Thanksgiving weekend in college football. And we'll start it off with an old-fashioned rivalry. This is for the Land of Lincoln trophy as Illinois battles Northwestern in Champaign. Likely the season finale here, Kevin, for both these teams As we look at, definitely Northwestern's not making a bowl game. If Illinois wins here, they'd be five and seven, and there is a chance they could get a waiver if there's not enough six-win teams eligible to qualify. They could back their way into a bowl, but it's not likely to happen. But first things first, Illinois Northwestern, 2.30 p.m. Central, time down in Champaign. Illinois is six-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 300 on the money line. Northwestern, a very forgettable season, plus 200 in this game, total 43-and-a-half. A uh, Wildcats will be playing the rivalry game, but Illinois has been a play on team in recent weeks, even with that loss at Iowa this past weekend.
2: Yeah, Jason um, I'm, I'm on Illinois in this one. Um, I would, I really wish I could pick Northwestern because hashtag go cats. Um, <laughs> but they, they, this season has been an absolute disaster for Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. They haven't been able to get pretty much anything going on either side of the football. Illinois, I think is better. is just, I think they're just better than them. I'm not going to take up too much more time about that. So let me just take Illinois minus six and a half. I really don't like anything in this game
1: at all. But if I have to pick up, if I have to do a bet at all, I'll take Illinois minus six and a half. All right, I'm going to go with the cats here, plus six and a half. Everything you said, Kevin, pretty much right on, in my opinion. I just think a rivalry game, you're getting almost a touchdown. Take it. I think Illinois does win. It's been a very forgettable season for Northwestern. Illinois has had some really nice wins, and they led it that game at Iowa. Uh, last week before falling in that contest. If Illinois can find an offense next season, uh, they could make some noise. Brett was done a good job in his first year down in Champaign. And I think Illinois wins, but I think the Cats cover. Here's your favorite team, Kev. Notre Dame, I know you saw their win over Georgia Tech in person, and that must have been thrilling. Notre Dame Stadium is always a great place to watch a game. Notre Dame is minus 18, minus 1,000 at Stanford. Comes back plus one, 650. This is a 7 p.m. Central time start. Out in Palo Alto, total in the game, 52 and a half.
2: Yeah, Jason, um, I, honestly, I would take Stanford in this one to cover. So, I mean, okay, I guess that means that I'm doing, picking Notre Dame, but to do minus 18. But I'm definitely thinking Stanford's going to be able to cover this one. Um, these games always end up being competitive and, and that sort of thing. Um, I know this Stanford is not nearly the Stanford's of old back in the days of Andrew Luck and Toby Gerhardt and all those guys back then. But uh, these games usually are as a competitive. It is a rivalry game that is played every year, whether it's out in California or at South Bend, either way. Um, so let me take a, I will take Notre Dame minus 18, but I will definitely take Stanford to cover this one and
1: keep it at a reasonably competitive level. All right, Kev locked in at Stanford, plus 18. He's on the card. I'm on Notre Dame here. I think they need style points if they want to get in that 14 playoff. Uh, They're on the outside looking in, but if Cincinnati loses one of their final two games, that game against Houston in the American Athletic Championship contest in a couple of weeks will be a tough one for the Bearcats. They should win, but there's no guarantee. And if they lose that game, the door is somewhat open for Notre Dame to sneak into the playoff. And I think they want those style points. So I think they cover that 18-point spread. It's State Lines. He is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. We roll along with another one in college football. Ohio State, this is a huge rivalry, one of the greatest ones in sports. They are minus 8, minus 320 at Michigan, who returns plus 250. Total 63 and a half. 11 a.m. Saturday kickoff for this contest, Central Time. And it's real simple here, Kev. Either one of these teams wins out, Michigan or Ohio State. They win this game, then they win the Big Ten title game down in Indy in a couple of weeks. Uh, they're going to be in the college football playoff. The loser will be on the outside looking in. Obviously, their regular season ends with this game, because this game is the one for the Big Ten East Championship. Well, you say that this is a contest, Jason, but this game is no
2: contest. It has not been a contest since Jim Harbaugh took over at Michigan. He has lost to Ohio State every single year since he's gotten there. This game is not going to be a contest. People keep playing it up like they are. And I said this weeks ago. You and I discussed this. I said Iowa wasn't wasn't as good as everybody thought they were. They went down. I said Michigan State wasn't as good as people think they are. They went down. And I don't think Michigan is nearly as good as a lot of people think they are. And they're about to get that proven again when Ohio State is going to go into the big house and dominate Michigan like they have every single year. Let me take the Ohio State Buckeyes to – easily cover this one this game
1: isn't going to be close all right kevin is on ohio state i can't believe i'm saying this i don't think michigan's gonna win but i like them plus the eight here jim harbaugh as kevin said is not in any success against ohio state but i think on their own field they're gonna find a way to keep this one about a touchdown game so give me the wolverines jim harbaugh come on prove me right on this one plus eight against the rival ohio state buckeyes All right, here's some more NFL games for you on the Thanksgiving weekend card. A couple of Sunday games here for you, Kevin, as we roll along on state lines. He's Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. This one's an ugly one. It could have been the toilet bowl game of the week. It just shows you how many bad games are on the card this week in the NFL. Panthers are minus one, minus 120 at the Dolphins, who return plus 100. Total 42 and a half noon kickoff central time down in South Florida. Yeah, Jason,
2: um, you know what, though? You can call me maybe being a little bit nostalgic on this one. I'm take I'm rolling with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers in this one. Um, the Panthers have got nothing to lose at this point, Jason. I think they have more talent across the board between him and McCaffrey with Christian McCaffrey being back. Uh, let me take the Panthers minus
1: one. I think the game is definitely going to be close. But let me take the Panthers minus one on the road. All right, Kevin is on the Panthers. I'm going to get the Panthers are five and six. They're still in the playoff picture, surprisingly, in the NFC. But I'm going to go ahead and make the Dolphins on their own field here. I think Miami had that good game against the Ravens at home a couple of weeks ago. Uh, They've been playing better football. They've actually won three in a row entering this game. So give me the home team getting a point on their own field between the Panthers and the Dolphins. I will roll with Miami. We've got the Eagles minus three minus 160 at the Giants to return plus 140. The total is 46 and a half. Again, a couple of teams here, old-fashioned NFC East war, Eagles at five and six, Giants are at, uh, at, at six losses as well. Let's go ahead and take a look at this one a little bit closer, Kev. Yeah, Jason,
2: um, I, initial reaction, I would definitely take the Eagles in this one. I think they are clearly the better team. Um. overall but for whatever reason i have this inclination to take the giants in this one i don't know why but as you said it's an old-fashioned old-school nfc east game these games always these games always end up being weird there's always one nfc east game every single year that always ends on um you know like the miracle at the Meadowlands. i know that's the new york uh, jets and oh the first one was the jets not the giants But you you know what I'm saying? There's always like one game that ends up having like a weird twist or something like that that changes the complexity of the football game. So let me go ahead and I
1: will take the Giants in this one plus three and a half and minus the 115 at home. All right, I'm going to join you, Kev. I'm going to take the Giants plus the three and a half as well. Give me the Giants. They're a better team at home. They've proven that in some games this year. So go ahead and give me the Giants to beat a game. They're certainly going to be fired up for the Eagles. Again, a huge rivalry contest there. So go ahead and give me the Giants. All right, let's do some more better to drink it. So we got some fun stuff for you here as we roll along in this segment on State Lines. Let's take a look. College football, this is a big picture thing. The Heisman Trophy winner. CJ Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State with that great game last week has jumped ahead in the Heisman odds race and this thing's been all over the place this season so far now cj stroud is minus 200 bryce young uh from alabama is plus 150 And then everybody else is way out of the picture uh kevin looks like a two-team race right now in late november for the heisman who you got if anybody well, um, Jason, in terms of the
2: actual bet, I'm going to go ahead and I will drink this one, mostly because I have not actually paid attention to the Heisman race that much this year, so I don't feel it's I should be giving people advice as to where they're spending their money. But as far as who I think will win, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud because, again, he has this game going against going against Michigan, who, again, as I pointed out, Ohio State has dominated Michigan, and he has the Big Ten championship game. With that being said, if Bryce Young shows up and shows out in the Iron Bowl um, and then in the conference championship game against Georgia, if he has two really good games against against Auburn and Georgia, I might be able to see you making a case for him. But as it stands right now, I I would take C.J. Stroud if I was going to
1: put money on this, which I am not. All right, I'm going to go with Bryce Young here for a couple of the reasons Kevin said towards the end of his uh, talk about the Heisman. It's those games they have left. Not only the Iron Bowl national TV crowd, obviously Ohio State has the national TV games too, but then you get that game against Georgia and and Georgia's unbeaten. If Bryce Young goes crazy in that game, the SEC title game, we know what the... The college football world, the media, the the analysts, they all think about the SEC. That's the king of all the conferences. If he goes nuts in that game in a good way and he beats Georgia, I think he becomes the front runner for this award. So give me Bryce Young plus 150. I like those odds better than Stroud right now at minus 200. How about the college football title game winner, Kevin? So we're not too far away from this. I mean, a little over a month away. Georgia's minus 120 and ohio state's plus 300 alabama plus 400 cincinnati then at plus 3500 so really everybody thinking it's going to be georgia ohio state or alabama you on one of those three maybe sit this one out or maybe go for one of the long shots
2: (laughs) oh boy uh jason Stephen a smith said best alabama and the exact reason why jason is because georgia and kirby smart have to take down their kryptonite, and that is Alabama. Don't get me wrong. Georgia has looked almost unstoppable for the vast majority of this entire season. But Alabama come the playoff time, that's just a whole different animal, Jason. It's a whole different animal. Nick Saban has been here how many times? He has his teams always prepared come playoff time, come the end of the season come the conference championship. So I will roll on. I will take
1: Alabama, roll tied and at the plus 400. All right, Kevin on Alabama, plus 400. I, Jason Gotch, will join him here. You give me Nick Saban at this point in the season at plus 400 in the spot he's in, just having to win out to win this championship. I love those odds. I mean, you're getting four to one odds here on Nick Saban. Give me Alabama, plus 400. Now, here's one leading into our next segment here, Kevin, and it'll lead right into the toilet bowl game of the week, which we'll do after the the commercial break. But before we do that, fewest regular season wins in the NFL. The Lions have had a bad year. They are minus 400. The Jets are plus 800. Then you got the Texans and Jaguars, and the Bears are actually plus 7,000, and the Giants are plus 10,000. So uh, what do you think here? You want to bet the Lions? You want to pass? You want to maybe take a shot on the Jets, or heck, even the Bears at 7,000? Um, honestly, Jason, you know what I will
2: take, you know what, let me go with the Houston Texans, uh, plus a thousand here, Jason. Um, I mean, Hey, that's, that's 10 to one odds that the Texans don't win a game the rest of the season. And I'm just pulling up the Texans, uh, schedule now. And other than this, this game that they have this week that we talked about earlier against the jets, um they have the Colts the Seahawks the Jags the Chargers the Niners and the Titans and I would say I don't think and I honestly don't see other than the Jags I don't see them being able to win another game the rest of the season again I know they just beat Tennessee but I think Derrick Henry will be back by then I think that game was kind of a fluke so yeah I will roll with the Texans plus a thousand
1: All right, I am going to go ahead and pass on this one. I don't see anything I like all that much. I'll take a pass and let the bad teams sort it out as they will do here in the final weeks of the NFL season. We come back here on State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Toilet Bowl Game of the Week. Some more NFL preview, and we'll give you our best bets against the spread. All that and more right after this.
0: You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back.
3: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family, or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet
4: lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of lifeline service lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable limited to one discount per household at&t services including lifeline are not available in all areas other restrictions apply
0: you are listening to state lines we return to jason gotch and kevin berger
1: This is State Lines. Gobble, gobble. Hope your turkey was great. The company was great, too. And your Thanksgiving feast of football, if you're listening as a gambler, we hope it is very profitable. We're going to try and get you right there with all of our analysis on this program. Let's roll it along uh, with one of the bad games of the week. In fact, in my opinion and the show's opinion, it's the toilet bowl game of the week. It's the Atlanta Falcons against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Falcons are minus one, minus 120. The Jags return plus 100 on the money line. Your total's 47. It's a noon kickoff down in Jacksonville. The Tarps will probably be out over a lot of the seats in this place because we know Jaguar fans don't really turn out to see their bad team. And for good reason, they cover the seats with Tarps a lot down there in Jacksonville. So who will the Tarps see win this game, Kevin? Oh, God. Um, honestly,
2: Jason, it this... this... I would like to say that it's going to be the Falcons because the Falcons, I just think have more talent than uh, Jacksonville does, but also this is the same team that, um, that didn't even score at all in an NFL game on Thursday night football. You have to be, you have to try to not even score a field goal in an NFL game, Jason, like that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's just pathetic. So I, Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Just, just give me the jet. Just give me the Jags in this one. I mean, Hey, plus 100, if they do somehow manage to win, they can get hundred bucks back.
1: Minus 110 is an awful, but if I have to do something, just let me take Jacksonville. All right, Kevin Berger on the Jaguars. I'm going to go on the Falcons here minus the one. I'll lay the one point. It's a bad game. Falcons though. Look, the NFC is really bad that for that third wildcard team. The Falcons going a little bit of a roll. They could actually be in that race. So uh, give me the Falcons minus one in a battle of what I still think are bad teams both ways. Let's go ahead and preview some more games here, Kev. This should be a pretty good one. The 49ers have been uh, playing a lot better football. The Vikings had that big one over the Packers last week. Vikings at the Niners. This is a 325 p.m. kickoff central time. Vikings are plus 130 on the money line. Niners are minus three, minus 150 on the money, uh, um, on the money line. Uh, the total 48 and a half here. To play on teams at this point in the season, how does it play out? Well, Jason, um, I would like –
2: you know what? I'm going to roll with Minnesota in this one, Jason. They have been playing better. Um, I will give Kirk Cousins where credit is due. He hasn't been awful. Give all the credit to Dalvin Cook for not being hurt at this point in the season. I'm actually really glad that he's not because I know it's helped out a ton of people's fantasy teams, but it's also nice to see a really good athlete like him being able to play a sport that he plays. Uh, let me take Minnesota plus three, plus 105 on the road. And actually, the plus uh, uh, the plus the 140 on the road, Jason, doesn't look too bad either. People were looking to spend
1: a little extra money on the, the money line. All right, there you go. Kevin locked in with Minnesota. I'm going to go with San Francisco here uh, on their own field. I think Minnesota's due for a letdown after that nice win over the Packers. Road game here. Niners playing sneaky well as of late, and I'm going to go with them minus the three. Chargers had that nice win on Sunday night football over the Steelers. Huge rally from Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter, but the Chargers withstood it. Got a late score to win that game last week. Now the Chargers minus one and a half, minus 125, uh, taking on the Broncos, who are plus 105. Total here is 49. 305 p.m. kickoff in this game. Kev, who you got? Well,
2: um... Jason, for this one, I I'm probably going to be rolling with the bolts on this one minus three minus one hundred five. I think they've been pretty steady most of the season. Um, I like what Justin Herbert's been able to do. Austin Eckler has had, as I think, very rather quietly, Jason has had a really good season from the running back position. So let me take Justin Herbert and the boys from uh from the other team from Elit from LA County
1: minus three minus one hundred five. All right, Kevin locked in with the Chargers. I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Another letdown, I think, for the Chargers after that big Monday night victory. I think the Broncos surprise them here in this contest. Give me Denver plus one and a half. Seahawks at the Washington football team. This is the Monday night game. Total is 47. Seahawks have really struggled this season. Minus one, minus 115 at the Washington football team, who's played better as of late. They are minus 105 in this matchup in the D.C. suburbs in this game, Kevin.
2: Well, Jason, for me, uh, I, I kind of really like Ron Rivera's team in this one. He's been having his team, as you say, play better every single week. Um, they've gotten a little bit better. They've started to really put some put some wins together, put some drives together. Let me take Washington in this one, minus one, minus 105. Jason, I'll be honest, normally I would take Seattle, but the, the age and the wear and the tear, I think, is actually really starting to, to show on Russell Wilson right now. So that's why
1: I'll be taking Washington in this one. All right. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think Wilson and company find a way to get it done on the road in this game in the Monday night contest when they really need to have. It's been a rough year for Seattle. Give me the Seahawks here. The Washington football team is playing much better. All right, Kev, it's that time of the show. I know all the listeners have been waiting for our best bets against the spread. In no particular order, we give each week three best bets in the National Football League. So Kev, best bet number one, the floor is yours. Oh boy. All right. So,
2: uh, best bet number one of the weekend for me this week, Jason is going to be the, um, it's going to be the Patriots and the Titans for me. Um, I'm going to be on new England, uh, minus, um, five and a half in this one. I definitely think that, uh, Mac Jones and the, and Bill Belichick, that they're going to be able to go out, do some big things on offense, Tennessee, again, without Derrick Henry, They look like a completely different team. Bill Belichick's defense is going to have a heck of a lot less to worry about with Tennessee being absent their best
1: weapon. Let me take Mac Jones and the boys minus five and a half. All right, there you go. Kev locked in with best bet number one. I am going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I just mentioned them a moment ago. I think you're getting value here on the road. I think they're the better team against the Washington football team in the Monday Nighter. I've got the Seahawks and Russell Wilson as my one of my three best bets. They are minus one. Take it to the bank. We're going with the Seahawks. Bet, bet, best bet number two, Kevin. Oh, boy.
2: Best bet number two. That is going to be... Actually, one of the games that I was pretty high on earlier, Jason, is going to be Cincinnati minus four and a half at home, minus 110 on the spread against Pittsburgh. Again, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all these guys, they've been playing better and better every single week as the season's gone on. And you can make a case, Jason, this is not a team that I think people want to play in the first round of the playoffs because they could screw around and knock somebody out. So let me go
1: ahead and take Cincy minus four and a half at home. All right, Kevin locked in with the Bengals. Who day, who day, who day thinking to beat them Bengals? Certainly not the Steelers this week, according to Kevin. I'm going to go with my best bet, number two, the Buccaneers. Minus two and a half at the Colts. I think you're getting a good spot here with Tampa. Colts off that big win against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Some value on the line. The Bucks are the better team. Brady knows all about playing against the Colts from those years with the Patriots. Give me the Buccaneers, minus two and a half. Kev, your last best bet of the week. Well,
2: Jason, my last bet is going to be, it's the 325 game on Sunday, probably going to be America's game of the week. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, minus one, over Matt Stafford and the Rams again it's it's Aaron Rodgers has been doing Aaron Rodgers things all season as he always has and uh, there's trouble in paradise out there for the Rams they haven't been they have not looked good the last 3 4
1: games so let me take Green Bay minus 1 Okay, Green Bay minus one is the play for Kevin Berger. For me, Jason Gotch on my final best bet of the week. I'm going to take the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets to win at the Texans, or at least cover. I'm not going to take them to win. I shouldn't rephrase that. Cover the two and a half points. Texans do for a letdown after that win in Tennessee that nobody saw coming against the Titans. I think the Jets sneak up and get them in this game. So give me the Jets plus two and a half. That'll do it for another edition of State Lines. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving weekend and your holiday was extra special. We will talk to you very soon, everybody. For Kevin Berger, I am Jason Gotch. Enjoy the games, everyone.
0: You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.